0: In chapter 19. This is, uh, I think, just an outstanding chapter. It's uh, a lot of uh, interesting things about the chapter. For one thing, this chapter more than most reflects the Ten Commandments, and you'll be able to see a lot of applications of the Ten Commandments in this. I'll not belabor that, but you can look for them. But also, there's a fascinating symmetry in this, uh, and we are going to see that as we go. For now, let me suggest that you be watching for I Am the Lord Your God. And I am the Lord, and look for a pattern with those. But it's really interesting. I think this is a very well constructed chapter in that sense. So, uh, with that said, would you read 1 to 10? Okay. So um, the basic principle that all this is based on is verse two, which is
1: You shall be holy for the Lord your God holy.
0: Exactly. God is holy, His character is the basis of His commands, and is the model for our imitation. We should measure our holiness by the holiness of God. And and that's just a huge um, thing for us. That's a a tremendous um, goal for us. And, And when you think about the holiness of God, we often would think about worship. But it's not just about worship. The holiness of God is about how we live our lives. This this chapter that's telling us to be holy like God is holy says some things about worship. What we would think of as worship. But it says things about just how we treat each other and all sorts of responsibilities. We're to reflect God's holiness in every act, in everything that we do. Now look at 1 Peter chapter 1. Because this command to be holy as God is holy is valid for us today as well. In 1 Peter 1.15, But like the Holy One who called you... Be holy yourselves also in all your behavior. Because it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. We have that call to holiness ourselves. And need to be holy as God is. So that's the basis for these instructions in chapter 19. A call to be holy as God is. Then he starts breaking that down. In three, two things. What are we supposed to do? Honor your parents and keep the Sabbaths. Now, why is it important? There are probably several reasons, but why is it important to honor our parents? To respect them. That's one thing. That's one thing. What else? They were given the job by
2: God to raise us, so we should make their job easier. Okay,
0: that would be nice.
1: Alan? I think... uh, that would be applied to our spirituality. If we become rebellious
0: in serving our parents, we might become rebellious in
1: serving God.
0: I think there's some truth to that, that we learn to fear God to some extent by first fearing our parents and respecting them. Mm -hmm. And uh, God did put them in that role, and so we need to have respect uh, for parents. That was one of the Ten Commandments, so it's no (coughs) laughing matter. Ben. Ben. From their parents. When they see
3: the way that we interact with even our parents, even if they're not you know, in their house anymore, they'll still see,
0: they'll, they'll learn those principles. Sure, absolutely. And and really, to a great extent, I, I would think it was reasonable to teach our children to do this as a part of their respect for God as well. You know, it, it's appropriate to teach our children that they should honor their parents because that's what God says. But. In some cases that's true, in some it's not. It depends on the parents.
4: But that's is there a difference here in honor and
0: respect? I don't really think there's much difference between honor and respect. I don't, maybe there is, but I think they're basically the same idea. Right. To honor, in some senses, is to respect. There might be a little bit more than just that in honor. Um, for one thing, financial support if they need it. I think Jesus showed that in Mark 7. But still, to honor our parents would surely be to respect them and to reverence them in this way.
5: Somebody? There is a difference, though. If you honor them, you do everything they tell and help them out what they need. But uh, if they are not living as Christians, you don't have to respect their choices all the time. And yet, if they tell you to do something and it's not contrary to the Word of God, you have to call them to But
0: yeah. still. It's not saying that parents always do the right thing. That's for sure. And we don't have to agree, but we have to give them the respect that their role as parents deserves.
5: I'm saying that the, that's the honor part, the, the respect. No, you don't always respect the choices. Yeah. That you learn from them <coughs> and you respect the right to make the choices. So. <coughs> sure, Logan. and uh when the when
2: the command is to respect and honor your parents, that doesn't, just, that's not just as long as you're growing up. You're still under the, I believe that you're commanded guy would want you to honor them even after you move out of the house, uh, not only as respect his parents, but also uh, that kids can learn the respect from him as well.
0: Yeah. There are certainly obligations that we have toward our parents as we grow older. Now, there's some changes as well. We know that a man to leave father and mother and claim to his wife, so he would not still <laughs> obey his parents in the same sense. There's still a respect that's due them. Mike?
1: Sometimes it's interesting to see how various translators translate the same word, and this word seems Good
6: point, John. I think that there is a difference between honor and respect. I think I think respect can be shown without honor being felt. Um, that honor is is kind of the next level. That honor <coughs> is something that you you truly your your heart your being is in respecting that person. Whereas respect can be shown, respect can you, yes ma'am yes sir and all those things. But really, it's not an honoring kind of thing. Yep. Uh, the thoughts on this.
0: What about the other part of this? Verse three. What are you supposed to do? Out. Yeah. Why is that hard? Uh, you-, <coughs> you can't do any work. Well, why is that hard? <laughs> yes. Isn't that the biggest thing that would have been difficult about? observing the Sabbath law, is you can't make money. At least that would be for us. You know how uh, we are. You know, making a buck is uh, a big priority. And to keep the Sabbath meant they had to quit working on the Sabbath. No money made. And it would uh, require trust in God and, you know, not so great an attachment to material things. Comments? Okay. In four, what... The command. Don't turn to idols. Yeah, don't turn to idols. <laughs> That's pretty straightforward. Basically, thou shalt have no other god before me. That's right. The, uh, you see the application of the uh, uh, commandment here. Fourth commandment. And then in 5 through 10, you have a variety of uh, requirements. The peace offering. What's he emphasizing again about the peace offering? It should be according to your will. And? When should should you eat it? Same day day or? The next next day day but not. (coughs) Because if you eat it the third day, it's an offense. Now, why would there be a temptation to eat it the third day? Yeah, well, you got the leftovers and you know it's good. You you want it. Uh, again, the kind of the materialism behind that, uh, but God wants obedience in this sacrifice, uh, just as He wants it in our covenant meal with God in the Lord's Supper, First Corinthians eleven. Uh, so, and and perhaps I'm not positive about this, but I think it's possible that um, when you had the requirement. Of eating the peace offering that day or the next, that it would encourage you sharing that with others. And that may be the the connection that leads us into verses 9 and 10, which is the sharing that is to be done with others. If you're a farmer, what were you supposed to do? Left it, and you also didn't harvest the corners. You didn't harvest the corners, you didn't go back a second time and get the leftovers. And so you left some of the crop in the field. Why did you do that? How was that going to help the poor to leave some of your crop in the field? They could come in and and what's the word? Clean it. And uh, that's a really great system. Because it gave the opportunity for the poor to be able to eat. And yet it wasn't exactly a handout. They had to go and they had to reap it themselves. So it's giving them the chance to have the dignity of work and yet be provided for. Do you remember one of uh, the Bible's most famous gleaners? Ruth, Ruth, yes. And uh, that was a good thing for her. Uh, It's interesting that God puts this responsibility on the farmer. The farmer had a responsibility before God to alleviate the plight of the poor. It, it, It rejects the idea that private property is an absolute right. You know, it's my property, it's for me, I can use it however I want to, and I don't have to share it with anybody. That's not true. They did have to share it in this sense. And uh, one does not have the freedom to extract every last drop of income or profit from, from the things we have. You know, we have a responsibility to be generous and share with the poor. So that's the principles that he's got here. Comments? Written.
4: Like, I mean, I'm sure
0: there were farmers that didn't really follow God's word and Probably but, were.
7: And, I mean, but did they have that as a law? Yeah, this is their law. Okay. Yeah. Other comments on 1 through 10? It's a huge thing today. It's my stuff. We're using that for, you know. need special permission to step on my grass. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know, personal stories, but um, I mean, it's just it's a huge thing in our society. <coughs> selfishness, just not what
0: God wants. selfishness, possessiveness, which is really selfishness, and it's not what God wants. It's not what you see here. There is an attitude of generosity and 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 sharing, which starts with the Lord Himself. You know, if we're going to be holy like God is holy, we're surely going to be giving, <laughs> and not clutching onto our right. Shane.
8: <coughs> I have a question about, I have a question in a comment. My question is, what was the punishment for not obeying this law? Don't know. So it's not mentioned?
0: Maybe it is, but I don't know. Greg.
8: I have to go back to really that principle that we talked about
9: earlier that several of the men have brought up about our attitude towards possessions. And really, every single thing we have, it would change our attitude towards how we feel about certain things recognize more that God was in control and everything we had is really loaned to us for use in His kingdom and to help others. It would change our attitudes towards
10: possessions because we have this <coughs> mindset that these are my things, I'm going to use it for me,
9: this is my property, my cows, my car. But we would be freely willing to open our homes and do things for people and it would also change our mind towards our loved ones. And we would respect our wives and our children more and we would recognize they're ours for a time that God can ask for them back at any time. Those a good point. What was the question just before that? Uh,
0: yeah, what was the punishment for a farmer not doing this?
9: Specifically that punishment? I think so. Okay, but these, a lot of these were meted out by the, the heads of the families, just like, uh, <coughs> not reverence your mother and father, you
0: stole them. Right. <laughs> <was brought> <laughs> yeah, several of these we do have specific punishments, but I don't know about the farmer or what the punishment was. Well, but you think about the uh, one you know,
11: where you know, they didn't, uh, where um, uh, you know, their, their degree, they robbed the widows and the orphans, and God said, well, I'll, I'll carry out Deuteronomy 11 and up so You won't have me.
0: Yeah, certainly God punished
1: but in general.
0: Yes. God deals
1: effectively. (laughs) You know, if we just if we had, you know, Jesus said the first greatest prophet uh, commandments on these things, all the the prophets hinge. You know, if we just have, if we have God's attitude toward other people, uh, toward Him
11: and other people, I mean, sometimes we argue this from the you know uh, after the fact and before the fact. You know, it's not just that we hold our possessions in the loose hand. If we really just care about God and His things and His people more. It wouldn't be such a possessing problem <laughs> yes
2: I think this uh, system really shows once again God's knowledge and perfection and not only that but also showing his great compassion and mercy that can, can you imagine any uh, there's people now would never leave even one uh, probably not even a kernel of corn for the poor if they knew that they were allowed to come in and steal because it. it's like a lot of people will uh, maybe leave stuff behind unless they know somebody's going to come and take it so like it's mine but you see back then that God really demanded that and as he had every right to to have them to have compassion towards the poor and leave it for them which also represents that God also expected them to an extent to be holy and like Him. Yes, that's exactly right. Good point. Ben? You were talking about how you know, our
3: country, our society has the, the idea very much that our possessions are ours, what you work for, yours, and things. You know, you have some of those ideas in the Bible and so you can really pick those parts out and highlight them. I mean, even here, when, when God's talking and He says, you know, it's your field, you get to do this, however, the extra parts of it, parts aren't really necessary There's so much for you to go by and get every little thing. Leave those for other people generous with the things you don't need and if we think about that's our principle we know if we do work we we do deserve our wages but the things we don't need we should be generous with those and we just think about the country that we live in and we have so very much that we just don't need it at all and we we get confused sometimes about what we need and what we don't need So
5: most of what we have we don't
0: need and maybe we ought to be generous with what we need look at the widows there and Elijah you know
5: not to mention not reaping all the way to the corners of the field and not picking up the fallen grapes. and stuff was less work. Okay. So, I'm sure that farmers did that they didn't care as, as much about the money Would be
0: happy to follow the command. There are not many people who don't care much about the money, though, you know. If <laughs> they were anything like us. I grew up on a farm. That's pretty much the idea of farming. Yeah. <laughs>
5: yeah. 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 Yes. <laughs> I'm saying that's their, the their farm just a little to of They get without getting old.
0: Uh huh. I mean, you know, that makes a lot of sense. <coughs> it's hard to find people who feel that. <laughs> right. You know, it's theoretically, but why do we always insist on trying to get everything we can in every sense? You know, we want to make all the money we can. We want to get the best bargains we can. We, we, you know. Wow. I mean, it's just amazing how, no matter how much you got, it seems like you never tire of wanting more. That, that's I don't know. It just seems like it's that way so often. It makes a lot of sense what you're saying. And you know, it's hard to believe that we don't ever think that way.
12: It's such a good thing to learn not to hold on so tightly to what you have. I mean, you know, uh, like all these guys are saying, you know, it's if we don't think everything we have is just ours, if we don't need it for ourselves. It's much simpler life that we lead. I, I know, uh, just kind of by example my roommate and I don't lock our door, and that it's kind of, it's to help us in one sense to learn that, you know, most everybody does, and it's, it's a fairly safe campus, although oftentimes things get taken, and, you know, we we would, you know, people would ask, we would say, well, we do that, you know, because if anybody did anything, you know, we want, you know, to share what we do have, but uh, more often, I mean, we, we notice times in which that's kind of difficult, we kind of think, uh, you know, a question well who's roaming around through our stuff. I mean, so you, you encourage uh, staling? No. <laughs> <laughs>
10: Extended borrowing.
12: <laughs> but just to say that, I don't know. Some of those things have been healthy for us, and, and uh, maybe teaches us that
0: people who want to touch things and we're worried we really about that. Hi, Greg. I, I uh, think it's, uh, it's very much ingrained in us. To, to feel such a sense of possessiveness of our things and our space. And we've got to get that out of our head. And, uh, sometimes if the Lord would take some stuff away from us, it might be a blessing. Kelly. Uh, I'm going to try and say this. I'm
11: not to sure I can remember. I've heard a number of people through the years, people my work, I hear Christians say this. I can't quite put my finger on I can't express it well, but I've heard a number of persons through the years say things like, well, you know, God commands us to be a good steward of our things, so we need to. Um, you know, it, it's in the context, where we need to then be, you know, good investors and good. Uh, you know, God's going to make accounting of how we use what we had in kind of this financial way. And I mean, I just want to kind of slam the door on that. And so I just think that's. I mean, if we're if that's how we're thinking, and we're all probably going to think that way at times, I don't think it was God's. God's crosshairs at all. He's not going to measure how well we do with the things we What kind of uh, uh, that that, that kind of talent man he's looking to to evaluate.
0: Well, are there additional brownie points for getting richer? Does that make us uh, better with the Lord? You know, if if we can manage to make more money, then we please God more. I sure don't see that in the Bible. But, you know, that would be the idea behind that. He's Uh, Amen.
13: It's
4: not like
2: someday when you die you tempt the Lord with your buddy. Hey, I'll give you buddy if you let me get into heaven. You're right. So. Exactly. That, that's also the same as saying, "Hey, I'll give you give you back some of your stuff," and you know.
1: Yeah. Um, I heard from somebody once. It was like in my English class or something like that, and we were like talking about like uh, Christ or something like that. I don't know. And like we were talking about how most of our trouble just comes from our stuff. Yeah. You know, I mean, if we didn't have so much stuff, we wouldn't have to
0: worry about it. You know? It'd be so much easier. You know? Yeah, the, you know, the beggar usually doesn't have to have <laughs> Gosh? Like Amanda said, uh, if it was that way, uh, then I'd probably get in the Yeah. It'd that's be right. easy. That's right.
2: Uh,
4: but.
5: reminds me of a story about a really rich guy that got a bunch of theologians that gathered to have, they told him to convert all his money to gold, put it in different places, that yeah, he died, found it all his gold with him in heaven, and a couple angels t- saw him and were talking to him as a poor guy, he's only got paid in material.
0: That puts things in perspective. Uh, God doesn't care about the money. That's not, and, and you know, maybe that's a subset of, of sometimes how this life stuck just makes too much difference to us. I mean, I heard growing up things like, you know, you have to be the best you can be at anything. <coughs> you, you know, and, oh, I don't know, there's some passages hijacked for that, maybe like, uh, Ecclesiastes <laughs> 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 9, you know, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your mind. But it's kind of like, you know, if you're playing ball, you got to become the best ball player you can be. You know, now, maybe you don't have as much ability as somebody, so you can only do with what you can, but you ought to do the very best ball playing you can do. Or if you're, you know, if you're in school, that you ought to get the best grades that you can get. If you're on the job, that you ought to rise the highest you can rise. You know, there's some limitations, you couldn't do everything, but whatever you, whatever's the best you can be at anything, that's what you ought to be. I don't think that's biblical. Uh, I think that's putting too much emphasis on things that don't matter. I don't really care whether you're a great ball player or not. In fact, it may be that if you become a really great ball player, you will be putting a lot of emphasis on something that shouldn't make that much difference. You know, I I mean, I think there's probably more Bible behind the concept don't give first-rate effort to second-rate causes. Bruce? Or Greg? Whichever. Well, there's no
9: sin in being rich. It all comes back to the attitude of the person. But it seems like possessions themselves give us such a false sense of security. We those possessions around us houses around us blanket us and we
8: don't get out. <clears throat> yeah we feel so secure exactly same well, like you said i don't think that that can be used biblically but i think one thing that can be used biblically is that whatever we do we do it for the glory of god yes and whatever we do we need to glorify god doesn't matter what we do as long <clears> as we <throat> do that then that's what matters
0: yes
4: right. <clears throat> all the nice things we can buy and grow very rich and all these people will look up to us and all that and I think Satan's enemies are against us that we fall into a money more yeah, exactly awesome.
0: this, this uh, reminds me of the idea of the world yeah we will probably have a hard time with uh, the Lord coming up to us and saying sell everything you have to the poor and come follow me. I mean, have you ever thought about being that rich young ruler? Are you surprised that he went away so sorrowfully? I mean, uh, I've got a house and some vehicles and you know, lots of other things. At the moment, I think there might be uh, some liability issues. I'm trying to palm him off. <laughs>
6: Being exactly. <laughs> He's the one
10: assuring that you'll
1: never become a rich young
0: man. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. In all three of those senses. <laughs> yes, it is. Thank you, God. And Lord. All right. Uh, well, anything else on all this? Thank Anybody want to uh, buy my children? <laughs> now, did you see the way this was organized? Um, in 1 through 10, <coughs> pick out the statements that, that are, I am the Lord, or I the Lord, or whatever. No, I, well, I am the Lord. What do you have? 3, I am the Lord your God. And then, Four. I am the Lord your God. And then, 10, I am the Lord your God. And you also have, uh, in verse 2, I, the Lord your God, am holy. Essentially the same thing. So, you have four statements that basically say, I am the Lord your God. And uh, that's, that's interesting. I want you to keep that in mind. We had in this first section, of mostly positive commandments, I am the Lord your God, four times. Alright? 11 to 18.
3: You shall not steal, nor deal falsely, nor lie to one another. You shall not swear falsely by my name, so as to profane the name of your God, I am the Lord. You shall not oppress your neighbor, nor rob him. The wages of a hired man are not to remain with you all night until morning. You shall not curse a deaf man, nor place a stumbling block before the blind. But you shall revere your God, I am the Lord. You shall do no injustice in judgment. You shall not be partial to the poor, nor defer to the great you are to judge your neighbor fairly. You shall not go about as a slanderer among your people, and you are not to act against the life of your neighbor. I am the Lord. You shall not hate your fellow countrymen in your heart. You may surely reprove your neighbor, but shall not incur sin because of you. You shall not take vengeance, nor bear any grudge against the sons of your people. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord.
0: Okay, while we're at it, let's look at the uh, statements here of I am the Lord. What have you got Twelve, it's I am the Lord your God. And then, 14. Oh, yeah, I am the Lord, rather. And fourteen, I am the Lord. And then, 16. I am the Lord. And <coughs> I am the Lord. So here are four I am the Lords in this section that deal with our relationships to each other. Now, in eleven and twelve, what are we told not to do? Steal or deal falsely. Steal, uh, deal falsely, or lie, or, or swear falsely. Well, that profanes the name of God when we do that. Uh, basic commands, but important ones. Comments or questions on 11 and 12?
2: The uh, people, the Israelites back then were allowed to swear truthfully, weren't they?
0: Yes.
11: <laughs> I, was, I was making sure. <laughs> I was
2: making sure, because in Matthew it talks about uh, not. Swearing either by heaven for it is God's word, made by earth for is it, it is His festival?
0: Yes, which I think is the same point. We are not allowed to swear falsely. Uh, I believe that's I believe that's both Old and New Testament teaching. Uh, there were oaths taken in the New Testament, I think properly. So Paul several times called God to witness, but we're not allowed to to swear falsely. We're talking about
8: an like, oath here.
0: Yeah, they're talking about uh, a, a false um, oath. I squared, I uh, squared on an that I'll do this, that kind of thing? Yes. Okay. Not, or
13: testify.
0: Yeah, I, you know, testify. I testify, you know, under oath that, you know, I did not see, you know, Johnny Hit Susie or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anything else on 11 and 12? I just, you know, I'll throw the
3: The idea is that when we do these things, you know, we can't make God perfection, but we're treating him like he is perfect, And and that's I wouldn't want to be in that position of treating God.
0: God's honor is at stake, especially when we swear in his name.
3: And, you know, sometimes we, we, we look at these things and we see them as the idea of, well, you know, it's our example that that you know it's a disgrace to God when he serves exactly the way, and that's true as well, but it's also it's a, it's the way we're treating God, the way we're looking at him, that comes through, that shows through and
0: we act like. We don't respect it.
3: Yeah. You're exactly right.
8: That's a good point. This is kind of going back a little bit to the last the lesson you said about verse 3. But, I was trying to think about this after we started reading the next verse, but when it says every one of you shall revere your mother and your father, I like how it can at the end of that verse it says, I am the Lord your God. We should revere our mother and father. We have to honor them because the Lord says so. but, Seems we have to revere our mother and father, and God gave them that authority. How much more should we revere God? How, I mean, if He gave them that authority, then we
0: should revere God even more. Amen. Then in thirteen and fourteen, in thirteen, what should you not do? Cheat. Yeah, cheat or oppress uh, someone else. Um, Your why is he <coughs> rob, rob your neighbor. shouldn't rob him exactly or you know mistreat your employee um, work a hardship on him by retaining his wages uh, and then in 14 what should you not do not curse a deaf man you see them <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah.
5: The attitude of doing wrong because uh, what, the person you're doing it to can't do what does know about
0: it. And can't yeah, exactly. We call that doing what? Be
1: Talking behind someone's back,
5: maybe? Not, yeah, but we got a phrase.
0: Well, yeah, taking advantage of it. You know, here's a deaf man who can't hear the curse, so you can curse him. Or don't put a stumbling block in front of the blind man. He can't see it. Don't take advantage of his uh, handicap. Those who are helpless, are special objects of God's concern. And and for us to take advantage of their handicap. These are just illustrations. It might be other kinds of handicaps, but we shouldn't, you know, somebody's not real uh, quick. And so we, we, you know, we pull a fast one on them in some sort of financial scheme or whatever. That'd be wrong, you know. Amen? Absolutely. Absolutely. If we're a Christian, we ought to have special care for those who are weaker. For those who are more vulnerable. For those who others would despise and mistreat and overlook and take advantage of. Those are the ones that God cares the most about. Think about how God was. He looked down upon us like that. Here we are weak and handicapped and struggling and a mess. And he cared about us and he gave himself for us. And so that's the attitude we ought to have toward them. Remember that God sees and hears where the, the deaf and the blind do or not, and He will judge. <clears throat> Comments and questions. Who quotes, this or references? James. Ooh, quote what? <laughs> <laughs> Nowhere is that quoted, is it? James one twenty-seven, actually. No, I mean. Do what? what uh, to uh, visit fathers and the widows in their affliction. I don't think that is stated again, but I remember. What do you know about 14? Is that quoted again in the New Testament? It's yeah. Yeah, that's true. You have that in <laughs> so the New Testament? Yeah. Which verse? 14. That could be an assignment. Yes, right. And then you've got fifteen and sixteen, which is basically asking us in fifteen to do what? Or not to do what? I don't care. Don't be unjust. Don't be unjust. You shall not be partial now this is interesting. You shall not be partial to the poor, nor defer to the great. You know, a lot of times we'd have statements about you should not do an injustice to favor the rich. You can see why, you know, you might have to say that. Why would we be tempted to be unjust, to unjustly favor the rich? Absolutely. They can do something for us. So if somebody's got a lot of riches and influence, the temptation is to be unfair in their favor so that they'll later, you know, maybe help you out when you need it or maybe you need it right now. But the other side's also true. Don't be partial to the, to the poor. Sometimes we can have such a, a, a hatred of the rich that we unfairly, unjustly favor the poor. That's also wrong. God wants justice. It's not that the poor man's always right. It's just interesting that you've got the balance there. God understands human nature in that. You're to judge your neighbor fairly. Fairness, honestness, justice. That's the goal. Logan. There are... Uh... Now there are re- rich people who will take
2: advantage of you. Maybe it can be wrong, but, but just because someone's rich doesn't necessarily mean they're wrong or bad person. For example, Solomon was a uh, rich person. May and not be the greatest example from the end yeah, of his uh, life, uh, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but there. But then there's also David, and then just there were people who were rich that were very compassionate towards others. So just because one is rich doesn't mean he's bad, which is, I agree. which would be my guess that
0: why God put down this law. Yeah. Okay, good point. And in 16, don't slander your people or act against the life of your neighbor. Uh, you're not allowed to, to bear <laughs> false statements or, or uh, say things that, that hurt them. Comments through 16.
7: Everybody should have done that if they were living. i got one of them, and he even wrote it down for them. It wasn't just something that was assumed or implied; it was written.
0: You, know, you need to care for these people. Absolutely. And then in seventeen and eighteen, what does he say not to do? <clears> hate. <throat> yeah, don't hate your countrymen in your heart. Then look at what he says next. You may surely reprove your neighbor, but shall not incur sin because of him. I think there might be a connection. Do you see the connection between not hating your neighbor and reproving him?
6: Reproof would be to help. Hate is
0: all. Okay, that's one thing.
6: If you hate him,
13: you might be more tempted to reprove him or try to find something wrong. But he's
0: saying to reprove Mm him. You're not going to want to help
3: someone.
0: That's true. I'm not sure that's the (coughs) connection. I think is most best. I think
8: when you hate someone, you have no respect for them. When you reprove them, you respect them as human being.
0: Maybe all of you are right. Here's what I wonder: if (laughs) if you see somebody doing something that's wrong or something that's offensive to you, and you do not ever talk to them about it. You just kind of store it up inside of you. What happens? Keep doing it. Don't keep doing it. What happens to you? Resentment. Resent. Bitterness. You know, it just builds up and builds up. Why wouldn't you talk to Maybe, but sometimes when you're mad it makes you want to talk to them. The consequences the consequences?
6: Because you hate them. you
0: hate but maybe this is when it begins. You're just starting to hate them. But you but but they've done something offensive and you don't talk to them. Why is it that we do that? doesn't that happen to you sometimes? You really you start getting more and more upset about something that you don't we do not talk about it, man? I think so. I think there is a natural, we shrink from confrontation. We're reluctant to say that this is offensive to us. But when we don't do that, so often we just harbor that and it builds up and it becomes hatred. I think one of the antidotes to hatred is more openness and directness in confrontation. What do you think? Is that airbrainer? Mm-hmm. Nobody likes that. <coughs> nobody wants a confrontation.
9: Nobody wants to be approached, and nobody wants to approach. And I think <coughs> that's one of the biggest problems in the world.
1: Church today. <coughs> that's
0: a problem, definitely. Mike.
1: I agree with what you're saying, but also on another angle, I think different people look at things different ways, and, and sometimes <coughs> people become self-righteous. They, you know, I think sometimes like to ha- people like to hang on to things rather than going and talking to the person. We like to say, well, we're justified. You know, look how bad they are and we, we can be angry with them and like to go around and talk to everybody else around them and, and point out what a bad person that individual is <coughs> rather than just dealing with you. Yeah. Good point. Point a minute. And you might not like <coughs>
0: that person, you just don't <coughs> like what they're doing and you don't know how to like break that jewel and make it sound like not bad. Sometimes that's a challenge to us. <laughs> You know, it's hard we don't have a lot of experience in you know, reproving our neighbor. But in a sense, our concern for others should lead us to reprove them, to be concerned about what they do wrong. Kel, good.
11: Well, and I was just thinking about my own struggles in this. The other the other real problem is to back to what you said, that when we <coughs> don't do this, it does grow into hatred. And you know, it's not just that it grows into hatred, but we become uh, we we harbor things, and we don't have someone. I mean, when you go to someone, sometimes when you go to someone, you realize, wow, I've unjustly accused <coughs> them. In the, in the corners of my own <coughs> mind, I decided it was this way, and so that kind of this may be not a political kind of comment, but I mean, it it, it helps us from being isolated and being. Harboring these things, that often aren't really the truth, and we get deceived by sin. And it helps us to go and are you know, deterred to go and talk to <coughs> you know, in my own life, often don't do that because I really don't like have the wisdom to go and talk to someone, sometimes with the right attitude, and then sometimes just how to you know how to get to the problem, how to get there, and you know, there's really a lot of trust in God and
0: go with humility. Yeah, you're exactly right. It is unfair to the person to harbor the resentment and not confront. Because it may well be that if we knew the whole story, we wouldn't feel the same way. We need to give them the right to either repent or to explain. But we have judged the case without ever hearing from them and begin to develop that bitterness. It's really not fair to them. Josh. that's that's relevant sometimes we may not confront because we're afraid that if we do what will they say back about us that you can see that and uh, it could get kind of uh, bad you know because we know we're guilty of some things but we need to be willing to listen to the rebuke as well I Absolutely. yeah. Shane?
8: Yeah. Um, I was going to say that if this truly is your friend and you do know that they are sinning in some way, if you really cared about them, you would reach out. You would try to recruit them. And even, even though that they may, they may just kind of put their defenses up, they may think that you're criticizing them and they may just kind of recoil but if you really cared about that person you would reach out and you would try and talk to them about this thing because i mean there's two sides you could either talk to them about it and try to reprove them or else i mean if they keep up with this end the ultimate the end the ultimate (coughs) will be hell unless they repent of this thing amen well in thinking about that what would you say about um, Proverbs nine
6: eight. Do not reprove a scoffer, or he will hate you. What would you say about that?
0: Well, I would say that you know there are times when you know by the character of the person that no matter what you say, it's not going to work. But we shouldn't be quick to form that judgment. I mean, a scoffer you can't you can't do anything with. It reminds me of kind of like Proverbs twenty six. Isn't that where it is that uh, you can't win? <coughs> You know, uh, 26.4, do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you will also be like him. Answer a fool as his folly deserves, that he be not wise in his own eyes. You know, if you're dealing with somebody like that, the rebuke's not going to take. And there are people that, you know, forget it. But I think we need to be careful that we don't just assume that without testing it. Ben. So, uh, the ritualistic wrath of God, the Old
3: Testament,
0: uh, very much so, yes. Uh, the, he, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. It's in Deuteronomy 6. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. That's here in Leviticus 19. <coughs> those, uh, those were principles of the law that Jesus repeated. And really, if you stop and look at it, 11 to 18 are the specific applications of the end of 18. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. This is what you do when you love your neighbors yourself. This is how you treat them. This kind of fleshes that out in a way. And uh, it'd be hard to express better in many pages the attitude we ought to have toward our, our neighbor than we can in, in this one sentence and in this paragraph. It talks about how we should love our neighbors ourselves. Look. Uh, I just heard remember this, that
2: when the rulers asked Jesus what was the first great commandment that he answered uh, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. <coughs> and I also think that in a way it goes along with uh, whatsoever you would have a man do unto
0: you, do ye also in him. Yeah, the second commandment is love your neighbor as yourself. Exactly.
8: Shake Um I think that uh... No, I didn't want
0: to Anybody else? Remember what they were going to say. All right, I think we will take one more break. Uh, it's probably good for us on the last day to uh, refresh our minds for 10 minutes or so, then we'll come down and spend another hour and get as far as we can, finish 19, surely, and uh, get into 20 and perhaps finish that as well. It probably won't take that long, so take about 10 minutes later. More sections of how to be holy as he is holy, and I'd like for you to consider these. Um, you looking for someone? No, Bible. <laughs> <laughs> someone, Bible. Anybody see someone's Bible? Uh, My phone's stolen. Probably so. try out some All right, nineteen to uh, thirty-one.
12: Statues. You shall not breed together two kinds of your cattle. You shall not sow your field with two kinds of seed. Nor wear a garment upon you of two kinds of material mixed together. Now, if a man lies carnally with a woman. Who is a slave acquired by another man, for another man, but who has no way, but has in no way been redeemed, nor given her freedom, there shall be punishment. They shall not, however, be put to death, because she was not free. And he shall bring his guilt offering to the Lord to the doorway of the tent a ram for a guilt offering. The priest shall also make atonement for him with the ram of the guilt offering with the Lord for his sin which he has committed, and the sin which he has committed shall be forgiven him. And when you enter the land and plant all kinds of trees for food, then you shall count the fruit as forbidden. Three years it shall be forbidden to you. It shall not be eaten. But in the fourth year, all its fruit shall be holy, an offering of praise to the Lord. And in the fifth year, you are to eat its fruit, and to yield many increase for you. <coughs> I am the Lord your God. You shall not eat anything with the blood, nor practice divination or soothsay. You shall not round off the side growth of your heads nor harm the hedges the edges of your beard <laughs> of my own. <clears throat> you shall not make any cuts in your body for the dead nor make any tattoo marks on yourself i am the lord do not profane your daughter by making her a harlot so that the land may not fall on the harlotry and the land become full of looters. you shall keep my sabbaths and revere my sanctuary i am the lord 31 do not turn to me, your do not seek them out to be defiled by them.
0: I am the Lord, your God. Alright, let's look at the pattern. It was, I am the Lord, your God, four times. It was, I am the Lord, four times. Now in 19 to 31, what do you have? Where do you have it? In what verse? 25, <laughs> I am the Lord, your God. And 28, I am the Lord. And I am the Lord. And I am the Lord, your God. So, if we had yeah. a, 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 then we had B, 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 B. Now we have A, B, B, A. Right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Boss. Oh.
2: What?
0: No. A Did you I'm get, I am the Lord your God, 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 in the first section. Second section, I am the Lord, I am the Lord, I am the Lord, I am the Lord. Oh. Third section, oh. I am the Lord your God, I am the Lord, I am the Lord, I am the Lord your God. Got okay. it? Uh, awesome.
10: Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Fourth section, you can guess. It's going to be the mirror image of the third section. I think this is by design. It looks to me like this is the organizing principle or whatever. Shane.
8: Um, when Kyle reading in verse 20, let's get down a couple lines, but it says, not at all been redeemed, nor given her freedom, but there shall be scourging. Is that like actual punishment or just being punished? Because this version says there shall be punishment, but it's scourging.
0: I don't know. I have punishment. Would that
8: mean an actual scourging, or would it mean just that? Just mean punishment.
0: I don't know. We'll see if Kyle can never figure out what the word is, and if he knows it. Meantime, uh, nineteen. The Lord's statutes are not to mix together animals, seeds, or clothing of different types. Because we have to respect the order of nature that God has determined. Uh, God, as we said, is a God who makes divisions, as he did even in the creation. And So he's saying, don't mix these things together. Don't confuse what God made distinct. As far as I can tell, that law does not apply to us. Uh, but it is teaching them the principle of respecting God's order of things. Shana. Um,
8: When it says you shall, not, you shall not have your field with mixed seed, does that mean all your field had to be of a certain crop? I think so. So you, you couldn't do one part of the field this certain crop and the other
6: part of the field the other? I think that's the so idea. The idea also kind of same with the cattle, that you don't mix two kinds of seeds like, together so you get a... Hybrid. Right, a hybrid, Yeah, I guess. No, it's not a hybrid if it's uh, an yeah. animal, yeah.
0: is it? Still hybrid animal, okay.
13: So, uh, where do you... I mean, like I said before, I really don't care, but... Uh, where, <laughs> where um, do we say, well, that doesn't apply to us, and that does, only if it appears in the New Testament? I think so. Say, I think so. Yeah. So
0: we wouldn't say some of these are some basic morals, that God. You know, I mean, we might be a little bit more concerned about, you know, some things where he says this is an abomination. Perhaps, I don't know, I haven't looked through those every single one. But in general, I think we would see that the law was abolished at the cross, uh, and so we only follow the ones that, in principle, are repeated in the New Testament Testament. shape.
8: Maybe could God be making this point to make a point to the the Israelites that (coughs) he didn't want things to be mixed, so that he's making the point that he doesn't want them mixing with other nations? Well, yes,
0: and mixing with sin and so forth. Did you find out anything, Kyle, or are you still trying to be scourged? I kinda wondered how this was applied today with animals and trying to do it with humans. I don't know. I don't know a whole lot about cloning, so I don't have a whole lot to say. I just don't like that mess with genetics. I wouldn't mind. I a clone. <laughs> <laughs> everybody else would. Let us vote on it. <laughs> <laughs> no. But
3: <laughs> like, you, you see with Jacob and how you know he manipulated the herds of Laban, but, you know God just is not against this idea of, you know, working with animals and humans, using them as, as we can. And this is obviously you know, something that they were not allowed to not
0: necessarily with genetics, per se, but hybrid, making hybrids and things like that, working with animals. So. I agree. <laughs> you have a report yet, Kyle, or is it
12: homeless? what well, well, I mean, this may just exemplify why I'm not a Hebrew scholar and I'm not a Hebrew <laughs> student, but I, I get that the word is actually not punishment or scourging either one, but that it has the idea of like an inquest. that you. Thank Good. Uh, what,
11: which uh, verse uh, were you looking at? Verse 20. 20.
1: Really, I, I have strongs strong it just meant scourge. It meant by application I looked it up. And it, it,
8: it
0: there shall be like an interrogation.
8: So just like look into what happened I think?
0: Yeah.
12: Not
1: one of the words you memorized this semester I guess. Really not. In <laughs> <laughs> the context or, it seemed to
6: indicate a punishment. Yeah. But yeah. not so
1: harsh that they'd be put to death. Right.
6: Mm-hmm.
11: Now,
1: are, you, are you looking at the Cora? Is that the word? Uh looking at yeah. My, according to strongs that I have on my computer, this is properly examination by implication punishment or certain <laughs> mm-hmm. whatever
0: this is as an inquest. That's uh, just that's just no right here. But
12: yeah. Some sort of most just that has different meanings.
8: That's. <laughs> Maybe so. Well, there's a lot of words that have significantly different meanings. Shane? <coughs> we were just looking on James' computer, and most of the versions had like an inquiry or interrogation or something. So okay. I, guess that's, I guess that's what the word means.
12: Either way, it didn't change the meaning a whole lot. Yeah,
0: it's uh, really, really important to uh, <laughs> passages for our. Uh, <laughs> practice, perhaps, but uh, it's the idea of uh, having a relationship with a slave girl, and uh, in this case, uh, that is seen more as an offense against the property of the slave owner, and therefore damages would be paid, but they're not to be put to death. There's a guilt offering involved in the payment of what needs to be paid, uh, but, but it, it would not be considered uh, something that would be put to death not adultery uh, by the law because she still belongs to her owner. That seems to me the point of 2022. It's kind of an unusual thing for us to think about without having slaves and you know, all of that. Would you then say that passages in
13: the New Testament like um, thinking less way in his heart after somebody and all that would say that, that this was still
0: yeah, I mean, I think the New Testament is broader <laughs> in terms of sexual sin, including just all forms of, you know, having relationships with people who you're not married to. That would all be under the category, at least, of fornication. It would be wrong. You can't go to heaven that way for a second be said? Logan?
2: If you married someone else's slave while uh, they were. Could you Well, let me ask this first, then. Uh, could you marry someone else's slave? A slave could marry a slave. I don't know.
1: There was kind of a condition there, though. I remember it. I wish I, I recall where I learned this from. But if the slaves intermarried, if, you know, like if you were just, say, temporarily, temporarily a slave and you married a permanent slave, then if you took that upon yourself, then you became a permanent slave. So you, so you could marry someone and take your master slave away from them. Right, okay. But a
7: non-slave would have to redeem this thing, right?
1: Yeah.
7: To marry?
1: Or her? It's
0: I don't know. That sounds okay to me. I really don't know. <laughs> There's
11: a passage somewhere about marriage.
0: Yeah, I think there probably would be. I don't think it's in Leviticus, so... Yeah.
11: I should this, if a, a free man, why would Well, I Boaz and Ruth, in some ways, <laughs> Ruth wasn't a slave. Well, I mean, I'm not saying it couldn't happen, but in general, I don't think that
12: would have been a practice. Yeah. I mean, you have like Exodus, where one, one, that the master gives him a wife. She bears children and her daughters, or sons and daughters, <laughs> with a wife. And her children's <laughs> a <mom's> long-term <laughs> master. You should go out alone. So, I mean, there you have the wife or the master giving this male slave a wife and bearing children. And when the man was to go free, you can but the wife and children belong to the man.
0: Yes. As a Okay, 21. Correct. Okay. Um, in 23 and following, what were they supposed to do? Not eat. It's really four. Yeah. <coughs> Plant a fruit tree. First three years, don't eat the fruit. Fourth year, <coughs> give the fruit to the Lord. Fifth year, eat it. You have to commit everything you have to God, and you cannot use it until it's been consecrated to God, until the first of it's been given to God. That would uh, require a lot of self restraint. You know, you have to wait five years before you get anything off of that tree.
2: Not, not only that, but since this was the Promised Land, the fruit was very sort um, it was very prosperous. It was a lot better than what they were used to, so they would have to also exercise self-control there. They would be better than what they were used to, and they'd have to wait four years to taste it. Other comments?
0: Just, what? just referred to I think so. That looks to me like it in twenty-three. Shane.
8: What would they do with the fruit that they didn't
0: plant? What would they
8: do with it?
0: With you mean the first three years? Yes. Yeah, I assume. And twenty-six to twenty-eight is. I think here, even though I don't favor this in general, he's probably excluding various pagan practices, (laughs) customs that are associated with idolatry. Eating blood, divination, soothsayings, and then some of these various trimmings of the uh, hair and the beard and cuttings in the body. I don't know exactly how far you can go with I generally would tend to resist these conclusions, but maybe <coughs> there are times when we must abstain from certain practices because they're associated with evil. You know, I don't know exactly how else to explain this, unless unless there was some sort of worship actually being done in this way, but I think it may be that, you know, they weren't allowed to do things that, that connected them with the pagan worship. I don't know. <clears throat> That's just my suggestion. <laughs> like um, <coughs> predicting the future like through spiritism, uh, I think palm reading. Yes. <coughs> yes, perhaps.
8: I have a
2: question. Could the cuttings in the body refer to body piercings?
0: Well, <laughs> <laughs> the other piece of jazz can here. That's true. Good point. Maybe
3: not. Samantha. Okay. Ben? Um, I was going to say, (coughs) why couldn't this be just about that idea of being separate from other people as well? I mean, we think of Jewish people today, they're not very stupid looking usually. You know, I mean, this has been part of it. People back then, you know, they had tattoos, they had wild hair, and things like that, and that was part of their culture. (laughs)
0: And it's an interesting thought to reflect more on how much of what God said made them look different and be different. I mean, we struggle with that. I mean, we, especially, you know, we are becoming not so much the poor, persecuted people as the upwardly mobile successful people. And that becomes more and more difficult for us to be willing to be that different. Uh, that concerns me. <laughs> that you know, we try to fit in so much. Uh, that's a that's a touchy thing,
6: I think, for us. John? Is the idea that kind of you, uh, with these things, except for this twenty six, that it's kind of like you wouldn't go tattoo your last name on your neck because of what that means. That that ki- that you 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 abstain from things that um, mean like the principle is not wrong but it's when it is connected with
0: or maybe because it was connected he condemned it categorically I'm not sure about that but I that's kind of what I'm thinking at the moment that it was common in idolatrous practices therefore God said don't do it that's kind of what I think I may be wrong I'm wondering if Ben's beard would fall under this
1: category. It doesn't <laughs> actually touch the sideburns up there.
3: I have enough problem with white
1: supremacy. <laughs> <laughs> I was also thinking how distinct he is from John William. I uh, Yes. <laughs> I think regardless, you know, first
0: Yeah, and I'm generally not taking that approach to that passage or to this subject more than more commonly. I think the idea of abstain from evil everywhere it appears, not everything that looks evil, but every type of evil or evil in every manifestation. But still, you've got this passage, so uh, this is not probably so much what I generally would think or say. We're also commanded
13: not to abuse this, but to be all things then, and You're that Me right. mean to do evil so that we can get close to people,
10: but if we're so disdainful and disgusted with other people we're certainly not
0: going to it's kind of a fine line there, isn't it that maybe it partially deals with the motivation are we becoming all things to all men to save them, or just to fit in so we don't have to be different that might be part of that uh, there's some challenges in this <coughs>
11: As, you know, as, su- as succeeding generations in this country have gotten more and more educated, more and more sophisticated, you know, there's probably some danger in the fact that if you look at you know, groups of individuals <clears> today, <throat> so it's kind of sociological, but then 34 years ago, we really do look different. And we, we, I mean, you've got to wonder if we're really in touch with, if we can be things.
8: context, for them to staying from tattooing is just because of um, mourning, like in their mourning, they shouldn't do that along with cutting. So it's not going that out and saying that that is simple in and of itself, they're saying connection to mourning. Is that, is that what
0: you're I'm not sure. I mean, he says you shall not make any cuts in your body for the dead, nor make any tattoo marks on yourselves. So is that saying tattoo marks for the dead or is that saying categorically the tattoo marks? I'm not sure. I'm
8: saying as it specifically said not to be dead then in this specific service saying you can't do it. Now, so uh, well, is there any other passage that says you are not have this, this, or this in this
0: category? There are some other passages that say not to cut and not to tattoo. Don't ask me where but I think I I'm about Or do not maybe. Call it. I was
8: just wondering, would you apply like 1 Corinthians 6 to us today and that because our bodies are, are the Lord's that we are not profane in any way or things like
0: that? Yeah, I think 1 Corinthians 6 is the context of fornication. He's talking about spiritual profaning and not some <laughs> sort of <a> physical. <laughs> I mean, personally, I'm not big on, you know, even piercing. I mean, you know, a girl piercing their ears or whatever. seems so kind of It's still my kind of thing, you know, obviously I'm pretty plain, and I'm not big into altering anything for appearance sake. Um, So, but, but, I mean, I I don't know that biblically there's anything wrong with that. Um, So, I mean, I think in, you know, some of these things, I don't know that there's any New Testament principle that would say we should not in some way alter our body. I mean, I think, well, I don't know where you go with some of this, but, but at least in, in itself, I don't know that we could say from the New Testament that you couldn't have cuttings or tattooings or markings or piercings or whatever. Um, and, and, of course, the point is well made that in the Old Testament they did pierce their ears and sometimes apparently their noses and whatever Ahead. Um I have a footnote in
3: my Bible for dead, in verse 28, where it says not given because of your body dead, it says souls. I don't know if that might relate back to what Cassie was saying about, you know, the connection with dead, maybe not so much in mourning, but, you know, you think about people who practice spiritism and those you know, kind of things, and, you know, it might not be such a bad thing to get some sort of tattoo or something, but, you know, if you've got a mark on your body and, you're, and you think of that as a mark of power from some sort of metal or something, People
0: who believe that kind of
3: thing—I'm pretty sure that's not a very Christian thing. Whether you're Testament or New
0: Testament, still, in all, I think you know we would we would definitely have passages in the New Testament to condemn sorcery, which would be the spiritism and divination and all that—the cuttings and and tattooing and so forth. I don't know where we could go in the New Testament to say those things were wrong today, though they might be inconvenience
10: of <coughs> <that>. <coughs> <coughs>
13: yeah, becoming all things to all men doesn't mean we should all have a bunch of tattoos and piercings, because that wouldn't be all things to all men
10: you might say,
13: oh well we're looking this way but you wouldn't be able to reach everybody like that
10: so <laughs> you're <laughs> Ryan, we heard
0: that <laughs>
9: knows that I drive a little little maroon station wagon, so I wouldn't park it at the beer Joint across from the grocery and then walk over to the grocery store. Uh, There's a principle, I think, about leaving those types of, the way the world sees things. uh, If you ask the world if this means anything, what does it mean to be a Christian? These are just worldly people. Uh, According to what I've read in books and seen on the news, they don't Christians don't curse and they don't smoke and they don't get drunk. They don't they don't drink. I you know, whether or not you can prove any of those are right or wrong, if the world views it that way, I don't want to do any of those. So a lot of these things have influence on other people and whether or not I can prove that they're right or wrong, I taught my kids not to do them because they're bad
5: influences. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with all those things. I mean you have to think of motivation. I mean what's your motivation behind getting a tattoo or getting fish is always about you? I mean you're
9: gonna have to be rebellious just to prove that you're something, you know, that you can stand on your
7: own you're not gonna you are know, gonna be dead to I mean with the uh, with the elders and They see God as a God who you know, accepts literally everything. Or, you know,
6: whatever. Mm-hmm. Good point, Greg.
7: I think all those points are taken well, but
9: everyone better look in the mirror and look and see what God sees in you instead of us always looking to other people and judging them because they got tattoos from their wrist to their shoulder or up and down their legs or whether they walk in the liquor store or use the phone. We automatically assume they're or things like that. I won't walk in a liquor store to use a phone if there's a 7 Eleven next door. But I'll walk in a liquor store, no problem, and use a phone. So I'm not going there to buy liquor unless I'm cooking with it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sometimes, wow, we are dealing with applications of principles sometimes, and that is challenging. And I do think we need to look at ourselves seriously. It is certainly right for us to be careful to help people and not hinder people. That's for sure. And I say, you know, there might be uh, the possibility of hindering by going into the liquor store to use the telephone. Uh, I, might, I might drive out of my way to avoid that. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily make that as a rule for somebody else, but it is important to me not to maybe encourage my weak uh, brother who just came out of alcoholism to go back into it. I think I ought to be concerned about that. You know exactly where to draw those lines it may depend on a lot of things, but I think that's a reasonable concern for me to have. It's certainly right for me not to be critical of my brother. <coughs> just came out of the world and has a bunch of tattoos, or, or even, and this is difficult for us, but, you know, in many cases, we tend to judge people on the basis of our culture. And you see that happen. I mean, and I think we've got to be careful. Jesus, you know, he uh, ate with the uh, publicans and sinners, and he created a scandal. And he did a lot of things, that he created a scandal. Uh, he didn't observe the, the traditions of the, uh, of the elders and of the people. And um, w- what is true is that there are some especially external fashion things that are cultural and that change. Just look at pictures from 30 years ago. Yeah. It's all funny, isn't it? (laughs) But if you'd have been back there 30 years ago, you'd have looked just like that. That's the way it was done back then. That was what was cool and what was appropriate. But it changes. Now, what happens is those changes are somewhat regional and somewhat age-dependent. I think that creates some problems. I mean, it was in the 90s when I worshipped in a congregation where basically there were no women who wore uh, slacks to church. And probably a lot of them not anywhere else. You know, but that was in the deep south where the culture was very different. Been in the north all my life where for the last 20 years, you know, that had been normal. Um, And you, it would have been important, I think, for someone from a particular region not to misjudge someone who came from a different region who had a different cultural <coughs> context. I remember when I was in that congregation when a boy moved in, about an 18, 19-year-old boy, who lived in, I think, a pretty rough area in Chicago. He had a, he had an, a ring in his ear. And... Uh, uh, thankfully, it didn't mistreat him, and after a few months, he took it out. I don't think anybody talked to him about it, but it wasn't cultural in Alabama. It was cultural in Chicago, I suspect. And the same thing is true with generations. You know what's cultural for you know <coughs> my generation may be quite <coughs> different for the the context of someone else. So we need to be careful that we don't bind culture. But we also need to be careful that we do things that are not going to hurt someone else in terms of encouraging them to sin or or do things that just maybe, um, in a way that hurts our influence, brands us as an idolater or whatever. Trying to decide how to apply all those principles is difficult.
6: John? Yeah, I don't remember what the context was, but Wes uh, made a comment the other night Um and it was something like, you know, what are we willing to do for our fellow Christians? Like he, he brought up the instance, an extreme situation. What if a Mennonite or an Amish person was converted, and they were still having problems with the way that we dress? You know, obviously they need more study, but would we be willing to dress like them in front of them to to uh, help them with their problems? I mean, I think it's a good thing to think about. That what are we willing to do? Are we willing to cater to the needs of people as they're growing closer to the Lord? I agree.
9: Right. I think you hit a much good point of that. But realistically, are, are we trying to save those who are already saved? Or are we going to reach out into the world to those who are tattooed, those who are alcoholics, those who, are, who are, have many, many, many problems? Those, realistically, are the type of people we are trying to reach the lost, not saved. Not the ones who are white, have no tattoos, been raised in good families all the time, and just look normal to us, But those who are worldly. That's a good point. And those are the ones that we're to be bringing in and <coughs> teaching. And then we've got a variety of people that should not be judgmental for it, among another, But that's what our responsibility is in saving, teaching a lot.
0: Amen. I agree 100%. Shane.
8: My Bible study teacher has a belief that I think that is right. He says that if, if, if somebody is doing something, like he has an earring or a tattoo, and if it's, it, it's something that the Bible does not specifically say, you shall not do this, and it's his opinion that he does not believe this wrong, it says in the New Testament that you should not press your opinion upon someone else. You, you're allowed to have that opinion. You're allowed to have your own opinion, but you should not press that upon somebody else. That is when you sin, when you press your opinion upon somebody else. If, in my opinion, if there is no in the Bible where it says, thou shall not have this, then and it's their opinion that they can have a tattoo or an earring if I'm, even if I don't agree with that, I'm not going to press my opinion on it. Now, I don't see anything wrong with saying, this is why I don't think this is right, but trying to take, make them take that out or make them do
3: a certain thing that's against their opinion, then that's what you said. Okay,
0: that's good. Yeah.
3: I guess we're maybe trying to boil it down some. God has laws. When he does give us clear commands, there's absolutely no room for variation. Perhaps when it comes to culture, though, if we were to be as, as strict and as judgmental as we possibly be on ourselves, individually, judging ourselves and looking at ourselves, trying to make sure that we don't offend in any way, even the smallest way, but then to be as loose and as herbal as we possibly can be, looking at others. And if we all had that attitude, we'd probably
0: That's a very good comment.
3: I I think you
9: just nailed it. That goes back to looking at oneself. If I ask myself, what glory can I give God this point in my life, at where I'm at, uh, as you grow, uh, what glory to God can I give in uh, uh, going to the liquor store purposely to use the phone and doing certain life things life like that? And I don't believe I can answer those questions. without some serious thought, Why would I do that now? But, <laughs> but you wouldn't be giving
10: a to your father? <coughs> <laughs> 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 <coughs> 1750. <laughs> But the, the, the whole point is you're not giving
9: reverence to your father's temple. Me, that, that would bother me to do maybe certain, no certain things. But whenever you're converting to the world and teaching them, they're already in the world. You're bringing them out of that. It takes them time to change, too.
0: And some changes are just not biblically required, and we right. need to be careful that we're not requiring. You know, I mean, <laughs> it may very well be that... You know, the guy I convert that's got an earring won't ever see the need to take it out.
9: We have a, a, a member of our congregation that is, uh, it looks like he spent about $10,000 on tattoos. <laughs> <But> he spent a <laughs> And he months? said that he regrets every bit of it. But he said it would cost 250000 to get them removed. And he doesn't have that kind of money. But he regrets it. Some things can't be changed once they're done. That's right. That's
0: true. I've had to talk about two different subjects about how you treat your brother, and how you treat your brother, and how you treat and me doing it myself. Mm-hmm. Good discussion. Anybody want to ask or say anything before we press on here? You've got uh, 29 and 30. Do not profane your daughter by making her a harlot. Uh, That would certainly be wrong and bad. And then 30, keep my Sabbaths and revere my sanctuary. You might go back to uh, 3 and see sort of a uh, uh, a connection uh, back to that. I am the Lord. And then in 31, don't seek information from other sources like mediums and spiritists. You ought to seek information from the Lord and His Word. And not feel the need to go to some pagan source of <clears throat> information. Comments and questions through thirty-one. All right, thirty-two to thirty-seven. You shall, ri-
4: you shall rise. You up be- before the gray-headed and the aged, and you shall revere your guide and the book when a stranger is ahead with you in your land, you shall not do him wrong. The stranger who resides with you shall be to you as the native among you, and you shall love him as yourself. For you were aliens in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God. You shall do no wrong in judgment, in measure, measurement of weight or capacity. You shall have just just balances, just weights, and just ephah, and just him. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out from the land of Egypt.
0: You shall thus observe all my statutes and all my ordinances, and do them. I am the Lord. Okay, so look at the I am here, I am's. You're having 32, I am the Lord. 34, I am the Lord your God. 36, I am the Lord your God. And 37, I am the Lord. So, we've got a a a a b b b b -B a b b a b a a b. Pretty intriguing. And, and probably some other things we could say um, about those things. Um, there's, it's not real strong, but um, you've got more positive commands in the first section, more negative commands in the second section, more negative commands in the th- third section, and more positive commands in the fourth section. It's not real strong, but, but perhaps we can say that. In um, 32, how do you treat old people? With respect, we're in a generation that seems to only respect the young, but that's not the way God wants it. Uh, we should respect those who are older, show them respect and honor, and that's a part of our respect for the Lord, because he commands that. So that's appropriate. And then, 33 and 34, I'll camp out on a minute, uh, who, who, what's he saying? Strangers. What would we call them? Foreigners. Foreigners, People from other countries. And you were strangers yourself. You were foreigners yourself. So you ought to love the foreigner as yourself. Do you think we might need that in this country? Mm
10: -hmm.
0: And that is so common throughout the Old Testament. God pushes that point over and over and over again. The very promise God made to Abraham was the, in the interest of foreigners so that all the families of the earth could be blessed. Remember, they're not foreigners to God. I mean, you know, God is equally related to every country, every nation. Logan? I
2: think this really should really apply to us today because if somebody, like you go into a Mexican restaurant or something like that, you can't understand people. You'll see a lot of people making fun of them, which is not what God wants, because, I mean, for one thing, they can't control it. I mean, they grew up there. That's how they're used to speaking. I mean, the habits like that can't be broken in a day. So, for one thing, it's not even their fault, and what's the point of making fun of somebody, period, much less making fun than them for something that's not their fault?
0: Amen. Yeah, I'd like to see some of us speak Spanish as well as some of them speak English. <laughs> yeah. um, and is this not <coughs> relevant even in terms of the um, reason he gives? How many of us are Native Americans? No
12: Indians here. Yeah. What,
0: <laughs> 16th Yeah, congratulations.
12: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Your mother had something to do with that, I think. Um, you know, we were foreigners in the U.S. ourselves. <coughs> And for us to then turn up our nose at foreigners when we are to love them as ourselves, that's just not right. Uh, We should take the gospel to them and take the gospel everywhere. You know, the nationalistic patriotic pride in which we feel better than everybody else and we want America for the Americans and who cares about the rest of the world, is certainly not biblical, even from the standpoint we're to spread the gospel to every creature and to all the nations. Elizabeth.
10: One thing
13: that I've noticed, too, and I heard this recently, um, where someone was caught saying many horrible things about Arabs, I think, and then somebody said, well, are you racist? And he said, no, I wouldn't think of myself as racist. And, and I think we do that, too. We say, oh, I'm... I think everybody has equal opportunity, but how many times do we see somebody and laugh and kind of go to the other aisle in the grocery store because they're funny and, oh, they're talking funny, and we don't even try to smile at them to help them, to reach out, to show love and and what Jesus would be to them, and and then we would say, oh, but I'm not racist.
0: We ought to treat them as guests. They look the
6: same way at us. We speak different to them, too. That's right. Same.
0: <laughs> yes. How how uh, far does that neighbor go? <laughs> Good Samaritan. Uh, ben. One
3: of the real reasons why writes, especially later on, in trouble with foreigners, is they would look down on them because, well, they weren't the people of God. We were chosen by the special people of God. And, you know, some people have that idea about the United States <laughs> you know, that's not really their problem so much with that. But you think about us as Christians and how socially, I mean, they don't have to be, you know, of a different, different ethnicity or something. You know, they're not Christians. Sometimes we, you know, we don't have, you know, racist slurs for them or something like that. But we, don't, we don't include them in our society. Especially. We don't treat them like our brothers. Especially. And, you know, I understand there are differences, you know, when someone's not church and you're not a Christian, you don't have that You not the same bonds with them at the same time, which needs you be just as generous and just as caring towards them. And you know, one of the problems we have with reaching out to people is oftentimes we're not willing to do that because well they're they're not God's people. <coughs> And Israel had that problem, and it stems from a spiritual sense of superiority, just as much as any sort of nationalistic. Thing. And while we we're American, we're wonderful, we're melting pot, and we're not you still
0: have this, this spiritual superiority sense. The mix, I, think. The I, I,
6: I don't think you'll win the election. I don't think I will either. <coughs> because most Americans are racist. Well, mm.
9: honor, right? Right. Lankart, I can't quote him exactly, but years ago Paul Wernhert speaking in a sermon once he was talking about pride that many people take in uh, their nations. But our job is to take pride in people and to say people. Not Americans. People. No matter what nationality.
2: Amen. Amen. Another reason I think that we should be polite to foreigners is because, first of all, none of us here are, like you said, 100% pure Americans. As a matter of fact, just about most of us in this room probably have have, our ancestors have come from different countries yeah,
0: exactly and we probably came into our ancestors probably came into the U.S. without exactly legal permission to do so <laughs> 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 until
1: we sort of took over and made the laws who's the one that gets to say who yeah, exactly
6: <laughs> yeah, Louisiana
1: Louis, purchased like a penny on the acre. Indiana wasn't in the Louisiana purchase,
6: I don't think so.
12: <laughs>
1: so we're better. <laughs> 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 we just came in and
0: grabbed it. <laughs> Knocked out the whatever. I don't even know what Indians lived here. They're in fourth grade history recently.
11: Well, they're Kyle's hands. So Which Kyle Yeah, yeah,
12: the Cherokee, anything to report
11: on it as a kid? All right, 35 and 36, what's he telling us to
0: do? Honest and fair in the weights and the business dealings. It's not what you can get by with, but what's honest and just and fair. That's what we need to do. Comments? And then 37, obey all these laws. I mean, 19 has been a really good chapter. It's really practical, a lot of good things to think about. A lot of things that are applicable today. Uh, but just you know, you wouldn't have necessarily expected this in Leviticus, would you? God's holy standards involve our lifestyle. All right, comments or questions on any of this? I think so they were, if, if
11: they had. If they, we, they didn't really lived like this, they certainly would be a distinctive nation. Not just because they didn't <coughs> before, but because they were really very different in how their whole world operated. I agree.
0: All right. Well, I think we probably should stop here rather than trying to get a little ways into 20. Um, you all have done good. Uh, Really impressive, the degree of persistence and endurance in this. And
10: it has been helpful.